Two of the, uh, the very important lessons that I learned at the seminary. One, translation is the first step in interpretation. So the words that you choose as you take something out of one language into another language, they matter. You know, it's, it's the first step in helping somebody understand what the text means. Two, the texts are set in, they're, they're written in a context. And that context can be the culture. And that changes the meaning uh, of what's being said there. The historical events as they are unfolding. Uh, the experience of the individuals in the text matters. So consider the following words. What are you doing here, Elijah? We know the historical context. You know, Elijah's ministry, the miracles, the, the confrontation, and the threat that led him to flee from Jezebel's presence. Uh, the linguistic stuff is pretty straightforward in the text. But what is the experience of the individuals in the text? Consider for a moment God's tone of voice. Is he angry? What are you doing here, Elijah? Is he confused? What are you doing here, Elijah? Is he patient but maybe a little bit frustrated? What are you doing here, Elijah? Is he concerned? Concerned for Elijah because the journey is too much for him? One thing is clear. The question is more for Elijah ben Elijah's benefit and, and our benefit than it is for God's benefit. God knows why Elijah is there. God knows the fear and the sorrow that, that have gripped Elijah's heart. And God wants to get to the heart of the matter with Elijah. Questions are powerful tools for examining the heart. And a well-placed question can cause you to re-examine everything that you thought you knew. And here's what Elijah knows. At least what he thinks he knows. I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. The people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am left, and they seek my life to take it. Has Elijah been jealous for the Lord? Yep. Has Israel forsaken God's covenant? Yes. Were the altars thrown down? Mm-hmm. They sure were. Were there powerful people who wanted to kill Elijah? Yes. Was he, however, the only one left? No. And here we see one of the tactics of the powers of darkness that the powers of darkness like to use against us when we seek to be faithful to the Lord. They try to make us feel alone. How often do depression and anxiety get joined with a sense of loneliness? 
How about the self-justification that we hear sometimes? Everyone's doing it. The implied message is you will be alone. You will be strange. You won't have friends if you don't do this too. And being alone can be scary. It can be hard. Which is easier? To stand up for what is right when you are alone or when you're with a crowd of people? It's kind of nice to have a whole bunch of people around you, isn't it? There's great vulnerability being alone, especially in conflict. Sometimes it just feels like it'd be easier to, to keep your head down, don't say anything, and just move along. But that's not what God has called us to be. That's not who God has called us to be. Remember how Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me? Remember how the apostles said, it is better to obey God than to obey men. Remember how Jesus said, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets, prophets like Elijah, who were before you. Being persecuted doesn't feel very blessed, does it? So the word's message to Elijah in this moment where he is feeling persecuted and alone and, and, and crushed in a lot of ways is stand before the Lord. And I suspect that that's good advice for all of us when we feel battered by life and when we feel alone. Stand before the Lord. Because standing before the Lord, it, that experience would be like the recalibration of your GPS. A clarification of direction. For Elijah, that experience included a great wind, an earthquake, and a fire. All displaying the power and the majesty of God. But was God himself in any of those? No. He was in the sound of a low whisper. Those of us who grew up with the King James, you might remember that still, small voice. God rarely overpowers. He is so gentle with us. I don't always appreciate God's gentleness, though. Do you? I mean, he could, he could turn everybody's heart to himself. He, he, he could fix all the problems of the world by forcing his will on humanity. He could set all things right, and he will, but he doesn't. Not yet. Because his first impulse is to act in love. He approaches us gently, weakly even, through the cross. It is finished in a dying breath. What are you doing here, Elijah? 
The same question receives the same answer. I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I alone, am left. And now they want to take my life as well. Now, how does the Lord reply to this? He says, go back. I really suspect that's not what Elijah wanted to hear. Go back. But in everything else that you've heard in this, is this an angry, get out of here, Elijah? Or is that comforting, confident, go back, it's okay. I've got this under control. There are a list of instructions that speak of the overthrow of those who led God's people astray and and who would maintain Elijah's ministry after he is gone. And then there's this critical statement. Yet I have 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. In other words, Elijah, you are not alone. God's message to Elijah meant judgment for Israel. And a day is coming when judgment will come upon our world one final time. In the meantime, there will be times of struggle, temptation, fear, and loneliness. But you are not alone. Jesus, the one who was truly, utterly abandoned when he was on the cross for our sin, he has promised Lo, I am with you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays after the new moon. No. Lo, I am with you always. He he has given us a fellowship, a family of brothers and sisters in the faith to walk together. There's hope. There is joy to push back against the pain and struggle of loneliness. And Jesus also sends us. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. You shall be my witnesses. His mission is at work in us and through us. He gives us purpose and meaning beyond our earthly desires. And a good purpose can help us endure much for Jesus' sake. Sometimes there is fear when we follow Jesus. He even said, in this world you will have trouble. But he followed that up with this statement. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Follow in faith. Because God is faithful. Amen.